Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bloody Good Horror. If they put it in the rotator of Shudder.com and we're too lazy to pick something else, then we will review it. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing The Cellar, starring Elisha Cuthbert. John, we're going to talk a lot about the early 2000s Mm. here tonight, so get excited. What a magical time. The final years of monoculture, John, where you might have been <laughs> tuning into Fox on a Tuesday night to watch 24, starring Elisha Cuthbert. Mm-hmm. If you were named Eric, that might have been. I was watching it on DVDs. You remember when you used to get the DVDs? I do. Yeah. For a show? Yeah. Yeah, and I, you could only binge four episodes at a time before you had to get your lazy ass up and put, put a new DVD Stuff. in. That's bullshit. <laughs> joining us tonight from Manhattan, New York City. Please welcome John Schnars. Hi. Next up from the PNW, that's the Pacific Northwest for you rubes out there. Mm-hmm. Please welcome Ariel to the show. Hi. Do people actually call it that? I always need to clarify. I've never heard anybody say it out loud, but people write it There's out t-shirts. all the time. There's certainly t-shirts, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got a license plate cover somewhere. Oh, yeah. Next up. I was convinced Eric made that up on the spot. No. So. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I'm, I, I love I love the PNW, John. It's a whole, it's a whole vibe. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Next up from the Bay Area of California, please welcome Matilda to the show. Hello. We have a, we have a 50-50. We have like an East-West Coast battle. Oh, that's this true. This on the show. Yeah, <laughs> None of those. Well, this is. This 50-50 Bloody Good Horror Zombie Girls mashup. That's true. It's a That's straight true. mashup. I think we can all agree, too. Yeah. None, of, none of those stupid flyover states represented tonight, which is pretty cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, like I said, we're here to review The Cellar. Uh, this was Casey's pick, and then he's out from the show. He's out, Casey's having some spinal some spinal disc problems that are causing Ow. him some pain. I think he's going to see a doctor tomorrow, Schnars, he was telling us. Yeah, he, there was... It was looking good, and now it is. There's, it's taking a turn, but we're, we're staying positive. We're staying optimistic. For yeah, him. and if you follow Casey on uh, social media, give him a shout out. Tell him you hope he feels better, yeah. and do the same for Caitlin, who um, has been out here for a, a while, like a month or two now at this point. But she is hoping to come back in May, and we'll talk more about Caitlin later because she's got a, Caitlin and Bloody Good Horror had a little bit of a milestone this week, John. So mm. we'll talk about that coming up shortly. But first. Let's take a quick break so that we can review the cellar. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Stop the front time. Main feature. John. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn 40 this summer. This June. Me too. Big 4-0. And yeah. uh, confession here, John. I still will do the high step when leaving a cellar. Like if I'm walking upstairs, get out, like I will do a, uh, I'll do a little. Uh, like a little extra. There's yeah. like a little jump at the end. Little little jump in my step there to get out of that mm-hmm. cellar. In fact, I just yeah. leave the light on in my cellar all the time so that when I open it up, it's light in there. <laughs> <laughs> Not very Eric, environmentally conscious, but it makes me feel better. Related to your age, by any chance, did you take a look at Elisha Cuthbert's birthday? No. I don't know the exact birthday. 
39. Same age. Wow. Yeah. Somehow she has like a 16 year old in this movie. What did I make her? Right? 13 or something? No. No. I can't do that. No, I mean, it's like, it's like technically it's possible. And people do it. It's not like completely outside the realm of possibilities, but it's not advisable. I don't know. It's just tough. Like we, we can talk about it maybe later, but like for the for the female actress turning thirty five, like all of a sudden so like you you're are a mom like playing moms, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if like your your kid is like twenty in the movie, and like mm-hmm. no yeah, one is questioning right. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like this was one of those where I was like, oh boy, Elijah Cuthbert. I mean, good on her; she's still working. But John, uh, that um, compound you bought out there in the the wilds of upstate New mm-hmm. York does that have a basement? It looked like uh, a place no. where no, no basement. Well, it it's a it's it's like a split level ranch. So like the basement is the downstairs. Oh, those are kind of cool. That's a whole vibe. Like the driveway connects into mm-hmm. the the ground level floor. There's like you know that kind of deal. Cool. Yeah. Well, aren't you fancy? So no crypt. There's no yeah. There's no cellar situation. My parents' uh, basement has like a little wood door that led to like the uh hot, i guess the hot water heater but it, when i was a kid it might as well have led to hell because it was the most mm-hmm. terrifying door yeah. in existence to me yeah. it led into the walls john basically mm-hmm. uh which isn't cool so I no i don't care for the sellers i'm also you know against generally <laughs> i mean it's like cool you like can put stuff down there that's great but like i'm not hanging that out is true there. you know what else gets put down there though i found spiders which is not great <laughs> not great all right john please bring us the word of the day this is it, nope the word of the day Just proud of you for catching it, really. In my defense, um, they're, they're right next to each other. In my not defense, they don't need to be. I could switch that. There's only two time. buttons. <laughs> uh, I looked real hard at using seller as the word this week, but I didn't. And instead, it's a, fu- a fun. Uh, you call it a synonym. It's or, you know, it's it's not exactly. Um, the word is undercroft. That's U N D E R C R O F T undercroft. Sounds like some word. sounds like some sexy Victorian language here. Or something. I, I mean, <laughs> if only. Uh, does anyone know what this is, Ariel or Matilda? No, I've never heard. I never. No. Yeah, this was a new one to me. It is the the official word for the crypt of a church. Oh. oh. So it's basically like the church basement. Um, so croft, at least according to you know the etymology I've got here, says it's a rare term. Uh, for crypt coming from the the middle dutch when they spelled i guess it was, the original word was for cave mm-hmm. and it was a uh, you know c-r-o-f-t-e from the dutch fancy mm-hmm. 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 tell me about this movie john it's got a cellar in it <laughs> so we can start there mm-hmm. uh no i mean yeah you know you were you were joking obviously about things that are sort of put on the, the what is it? The, the carousel on shutter. Um, <laughs> I mean, this was right. That, that is where you Look, it, It's prime real estate it for is. the horror community. If you're in that carousel, like people are going to pay attention. And we did. Um, this comes to us from a writer director named Brendan Muldowney. Mr. Muldowney has directed 
a couple other movies is not as not his first uh fourth film um I do see if you go back through his IMDb, there is a there is a short that he directed in 2004 called The Ten Steps. So yeah, I one, watched it. Oh, you oh, did? Wow, yeah. It's basically like the first little section of this movie. Mm. So it ends with the counting the first time the counting happens. That's like a real cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> it's good, though. I mean, it kind of makes it that spooky kind of it only ex- happens once. That kind of explains yeah. the weird way this movie opens. <laughs> They're yes. just like, this is the beginning. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. OK, um, well, so Brandon Muldowney, direct, writer, writer, director here. Um, we, we already mentioned Elisha, Elisha Cuthbert. She, uh, it, uh, you know, queen of the north. Uh, she's a Canadian, turns mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um the, her husband is played by a gentleman. I, I am very curious if anyone can pronounce this. E O I N. Is it like Ewan? Perhaps. I mean, he's <laughs> Irish. Not, I'm I mean, assuming our director here is also. I think that in the credits there was also it was like you know the Irish film. That sounds like or a good. It was that sounds in. like a good attempt to me, John, of pronouncing that. Okay. Well, Ewan Mackin, um, and and. It's really, it's the two of them. They, it's a family of four. You've got Kira, Brian, Stephen, I believe, is the, the little boy, and then Ellie. And they are moving from parts unknown. It's not exactly made clear where they're moving from, but they're moving to this, like, super-duper old and creepy house. Owen. 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 Oh, it's Owen. Interesting. Okay. Oh, Here are many more videos on how to pronounce traditional. All right. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, but they move. So Kira and Brian move from presumably a normal house to a super creepy house that they bought at an auction from like they don't even know. Uh, kind so of they, a hilariously creepy house, you might say. Well, and they like move in and there's like paintings Comically. on the wall. There's like spooky shit everywhere. And it's sort of like. The kids are annoyed. They're annoyed because they're like moving out in the middle of nowhere. But also like. Don't we forget. We stuff? have to talk about the symbols and this like Rubik's Cube video game he plays on the computer. Because I have so I have so many thoughts about this. I just want to put that <laughs> put that out. Yeah, the well, all right. I Yeah, I have thoughts. But in any event. So they move there. Um, they discover a seller. And if you thought the rest of the house was spooky, let me tell you about this. <laughs> I mean, it's just a normal, like creepy old cellar. Um, God, I can't remember. Is it the fr- is it the first scene in the movie, or it's like one of the first scenes in the movie where, like the, the like when the lights go out, weird things happen in the cellar. It's not a hundred percent explained, you know how or why. Um, but basically, Kira, Elisha Cuthbert, the mom. Um, she she's like not initially concerned, but Abby, the daughter, um, she she's like there. There's fighting. There's like all kinds of family drama and tension. They leave Ellie to watch the brother while they're at work at night because they run an ad agency together, the husband and wife. Um, that part, which I know someone mentioned in an email, was actually very realistic to me as someone who worked at an ad agency in a past life. Um, but. Uh, they leave Elliot home alone and like tons of spooky stuff starts happening. And net net Ellie disappears while going down into the basement. She was going down in the basement to like turn the power back on. Cause they thought the, the um, circuit breaker had blown. And so she's like walking down the stairs while on the phone with the mom and like, 
disappears. And there's like this weird counting thing and yada, yada. Um, they, you know, they file the police report. They the police love, find her. they love that counting, man. They think that counting is the scariest thing that's ever happened in a horror movie. There are 10 <laughs> steps <laughs> in this basement. Um, but yeah, the police, you know, it's one of these situations where like Kira believes spooky things are happening. No one else believes her. And and they're like taking this missing girl seriously. Like they're like looking all over for her because there had been tension because she had been like bullied on social media. They're sort of like, eh, maybe she ran off. I think she had also like run off one other time before, you know? And so that introduces this whole like mom not being believed by everyone, but mom believing what she knows in her heart, which is that evil is afoot in this house. Um, there's like symbols and she starts to like unwind that puzzle and I'll just stop there because I, there, there's lots of other I, random stuff we could talk about. Just hearing about the movie again, I'm already out of it. I'm gone. Mm. Um, <laughs> Ariel, tell me what you thought. Well, um, I thought this movie was pretty average. It's not good, but it's not bad. It's not terrible either. It's something where if I found this on TV in the middle of a Saturday afternoon, I would watch it while I was doing other things and I wouldn't be annoyed because there's enough there that's entertaining to like keep me watching, but it's nothing to write home about. It, it, it even tries to do some, you know, horror tropes that we all kind of love, you know, like the mysterious missing kid and the creepy seller and investigating, you know, symbols and you know, talking to a professor, but it does all of them really badly. Like none of them are done super well. So I just feel like it falls a little flat because I think the narrative never really gels together very well. So I think in the end, even though I do kind of enjoy that they went pretty dark with the ending, I don't, it's just not great. Yeah. Matilda. Yeah, I would agree. This movie was fine. Right. Like if there's, you know, yeah. those kind of like fitness competitions where you have to, and then you have to do a, a push up, and then you have to do a jumping jack and then you have to like, it hits all, it does all the things, but to what end, I don't totally know. Like I, I was, I was scared, not at all, but it would, like I said, it would be fine to kind of watch this. It was pretty in places. Um, I wasn't mad at it, but it, um, it was fine. It, it was, it's <laughs> not going to stick with me. And then, it, which I'll talk about, it went off the rails so hard for me ar went around the professor. But we'll talk yeah. about that. <laughs> I think you called it in the email, like, fold your laundry movie. Mm -hmm. I think that sums it up pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. John. I, I'm going to be the defender of this movie, I think. I'm And look, I'm not going to lay down on the tracks for this movie in, in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I would say there were like through the first half of the movie and, and you could probably draw the line when, when she meets the professor, maybe in a good way, TBD. Um, but <laughs> there, like there were legitimate, like there's just the setup itself. The house is creepy. The seller is creepy. The filmmaker knows enough about how to construct a scene to build tension. And like, make me anxious slash scared. I was wow. watching this in the dark in my bed and I was like, well, this is, I don't know. Like, Here, let's here's what I'm let's hearing. So far. Here's what I'm hearing so far. You guys were all in pretty good moods this week and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. This is what I'm taking away from this so far. It like it it is it's definitely a box checking type of thing. It is very very similar to many many other movies that we've seen. Like this this is very much like a by the numbers genre picture. Um, There's like a handful. it, It like it like turns the dial like 10 degrees from from you know normal on some of those things specifically like for me and i realize this will get us eventually to the professor but like there's like a math equation involved in this basement like that's just weird like <laughs> it's very very weird and i was I, that that was the part where i was like huh okay science and evil like which is almost that, a that little you saying that out loud made me think of prince of darkness a little bit how that's not it, math no. but it's more like metaphysics or something like that it it feigns in that direction right like it kind of like it like nods and it never really goes there's no like but it's still just i mean yes but it's still just following that like so incredibly overdone trope of like at 50 minutes into the movie she's gonna walk into a professor's office and he's gonna magically have all these like explanations for her but then it will just be do a weird thing like Oh, but also he's only smart because he hit his head in an accident and he's going to explain <laughs> well, it for four seconds. And you're like, what? But hold on. He, the thing is, he doesn't really explain anything helpful. Like he, no. <laughs> he like, he just valid, a, he validates what she's experiencing. Well, the, the, this is like maybe the most ridiculous part. And I'm going to like undercut my, you know, saying nice things about this movie. But like the most absurd part about this movie is that the plot drop or the, the dialogue, the exposition dump comes from the one person who she should have started with to get the exposition dump, mm-hmm. which was the the woman she bought the house from. And partially it's like, yeah, they didn't have time to track her down. And then she finally is like, you know, maybe I should go back and talk to, and then it's like, oh yeah, well my dad was evil and like he did evil stuff in the house. And now the house is evil. So problem solved. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish they had done more with that part of it, though, because I feel like they sort of were testing the waters a little bit with cosmic horror, talking about the Leviathan yeah. and stuff and yeah. the other dimensions. But then they don't actually no go visuals there to like back it up. Like 100 percent. I was yeah. hoping I was hoping yeah. for some like because spoiler alert, we go to hell. I was hoping for right. some like Hellraiser 2-esque weirdness. That would and be it's, it's Is just it hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? All right. It's, I mean, it's just people waiting in line for the bus, basically, is what they see in hell, which <laughs> oh, is hell, yeah. to be good. fair. I, you know. It's uh, a very monotonous hell. Yeah. Which I guess yeah. is its own but thing. That's not but fun for, you know, I, I, th- I would, I would disagree with some of what you're saying, John. I think that Matilda and Ariel, I'm a little more in their camp. The only real defense of this movie I feel like I could mount is I'm trying to take a step back and just be like, this could be starter horror. Because it is just so by the numbers of the tropes. There's nothing outrageously scary or gory or offensive in it. You have like a tween or something like these are the kind of movies that when I I'll talk to like friends with tweens, tween age kids who will be like, oh, my God, my kid watched this and it scared the crap out. of." And it's something it's always something like this that I'm like, yeah. And those are the moments that I realize, oh, we're just like and this is okay. We're in different planes of this genre and what we're looking for and whatever. So. I don't want to say like movies like this shouldn't exist for the people listening to this show for our purposes. I find this movie like aggressively cynical in that I, 
I'm, I wish I could make a super cut of the amount of times I've sat here and been like, boy, I sure am sick of these tropes since like Insidious came out in 2009, John, when we were doing this podcast. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. I knew I was in trouble when the teaser image for this movie is her on stairs with a candle. Cause I'm like, oh no, this is like a candle on a hand walking around movie. And like, those aren't always oh, and awful. And the goat horns are in there too. Those aren't always terrible. But when your whole thing you're selling this movie with is, she walks around with a candle and spooky stuff at like, it's just, that's not necessarily going to be my jam. I just also think it's like really cynical in the way it hits every one of those goddamn beats. Like what we're going into the, and it does throw you for a loop every once in a while, like the professor, professor and his brain injury that made him smart. <laughs> right. Like that has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. Um, I guess they read one of those articles about somebody gets hit in the head and knows German suddenly or something like that. But, uh, and, there's just no payoffs. Like nothing scary ever really happens to Elijah Cuthbert. The hell stuff is so wildly disappointing. Like we, they're fully in it. The house goes to hell. Like that would be a cool name for a movie, John. House goes to hell. The but, house that went to hell. Like, and it's nothing. Ooh, yeah. it, you know what it is? It's like a, a a blue filter and some dead trees is the the just space. Some. Are you talking hell. about the final shot of the movie? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like. Somebody mentioned Leviathan. What if they were like, I don't know, flying demon whales, John? And like literally anything I, yeah. to make it more visually stimulating is my point. Right. Because something that's the, not like Kanye's clothing collection. Yeah, it looked like an album cover. <laughs> like <laughs> like a early 2000s, like <laughs> Southern rap album cover or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and then when you do finally get so a creature fun. on screen, it's like Wish made Baphomet. You know, it's like if you order Baphomet off of Wish. This oh my God. His little like hairy legs that would just be in a shot every once in a while. Yeah. Like, All right, Shots God. fired at Wish. <laughs> so, man, I just, I cannot find anything to recommend this movie. Like, Can it, are, unless you're looking for folding laundry horror, in which case, I, I mean, I guess you could go. You well, could or watching with your, you know, like Tweens. tween nephew sure. who sure. like, yeah, he's like, I want to see something scary, but like, don't, you know, let's not go I mean, into the you deep know what's end. It doesn't even have, um, it doesn't even have fun, cheap jump scares either. Like there's some of that, but it's not really aggressive, which not, I know it's well, weird that, that I'm, I'm not asking for that. I guess it's just notable. That's well, that I was going to say, like, I sort of appreciated that all of the scary parts were not that they could have done the cheap stuff. Like anyone can do that. Like that is yeah, dime a dozen. And they don't like this is they are really, really working to try to do uh, like environment is not the right. What's the right word? Like scene building horror. And like, look, if you're saying it didn't work for you, like totally get it. I'm just saying it like worked a little bit more for me. It sounds like. Mm -hmm. um, can we just talk plot for a second, please? Sure. Y'all keep saying they went to hell. My understanding. So and this is like because I was they, getting I was getting heavy the beyond vibes. And that's the deal with the beyond is at the end, they, there's like a door in their basement that those zombies are coming out of. They backtrack it in the end. And when they go through the door, they realize they're now in hell and they're stuck there. And that's like the imagery is very similar. I felt like. Sure. But like in the movie, ba so Baphomet is not the devil. Like the devil is separate from Baphomet. And like my understanding was like the scientist guy, the original scientist, not, not our professor friend. The scientist was like, so, like found this equation and the equation sort of like connected earth to other dimensions. Yeah. But, they, 
but it wasn't hell. It was just like a dimension where like Baphomet was like in charge. Well, they're in the, so he- my, the hell dimension. I don't, <laughs> I don't, well, my reading was like all those people that were like shuffling, they weren't necessarily in hell. They were like trapped in this other dimension. Interesting. Like the daughter didn't like go to hell. She was like captured by Baphomet because he had let like this portal had been opened. They taught, they referenced that there's like another it's, portal. It's a little in, like, like another house it's a in Belgium. Like Phantasm yeah, too. where another right. kid disappeared. Yeah. I thought they referenced that like Baphomet was the guard of the gate to hell. So that's what made sense to me that he was in the cellar. And mm, yeah. I think part of where I got that she went to hell is in the little um, synopsis that's at the top of Shudder. It says that uh, the mom will go to hell and back to get her daughter. Uh, so I, I assumed that's where uh, she euph- Euphemistically well, speaking. But, <laughs> you know, she's I mean, pretty <laughs> concrete though, ultimately. Yeah. So <laughs> but what, but, is the based mo- on science, but so. is the movie just saying, "Oh, actually, hell is this other weird dimension"? Like, is is the movie offering yeah, like a more maybe. scientific explanation? It kind of seems like both. They couldn't That's decide. They I'm, couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Well, hairs, you made a good point, but- Ariel. So this movie like goes out of its way to reference horror. Like, I stand by feeling like it's referencing the beyond it's with some of that imagery. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. there's a, there's a very clear changeling changeling reference. I just saw yes. it honestly as a lazy kind of like we need something here. Ariel, you made a good point though. Is like. If you read, if you really, you know, if you you could read too much into it and think it's like sending the plot in a different direction, because the plots are not the same. Like it's not any kind of supernatural ghost child movie or anything. You know what I mean? No, I thought we were going in a changeling direction because you know a lot of movies will have a reference point from another horror movie as like a nod to horror fans, and I feel like you can do that once and that's fine. But in this movie, that ball showed up like five different times in the right. movie. So if you're going to ram it home that hard, I felt like it was going to mean something. It was going to have something to do with the plot. So I was thinking they were going to switch it up and it was going to go in a changeling direction. And so when it didn't, I was like, well, why even have it? Maybe the, the ball, ball hit the professor in the head and that's why he's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to throw that out it there. It fell through the dimensional portal. No, that, the there's, ball- a, there's a there's di- there's a description for the the shutter uh, tab there. Just like a ball hits the ball a professor's that- head, makes him smart, and yeah. then he tells the person. <laughs> the ball, like I can't remember the first time you see it, but like, isn't the whole point of the ball that it like falls down the stairs, but it hits like a million stairs on the way down yeah. instead oh, of totally. the, uh, I'm just oh. saying, but it rolls across the floor a few different times throughout the yeah, movie. Yeah. And so if you're going to draw my attention to it, then you either have to go that way or you have to subvert my expectations and go a different way. And this movie just was like, eh, I don't know what I want to do. Do you know the point yeah. of this movie that I like fully tapped out was okay. So the doors have symbols above them. Mm. Yeah. Like rune type things. And like, it's, well, they're, it's he, they're Hebrew letters, and, right? you know, and they're not, yep. they're, they're visually interesting. Right. And then, the husband at one point is on the computer and he's trying to like connect it all together, like sleuth style and also above the, but it's like the symbol. And then there's a triangle like above each one. So all he does is he takes all the triangles and just puts them together into a, a pentagram. And I'm like, well, hold on. He, there was oh. one door that didn't have a triangle. It had the uh, Pentagon. It, it's just and like so he puts the visual. The, the visual of him doing it is so silly because it's I, yeah, like it was because it's ignoring <laughs> the cool looking symbols and then just going like bleep bleep. And you're like, it's the most scary of sixty first. Yes, like, I was conspiracy I was theory that same thing with the pentagram. <laughs> <laughs> they, and it's funny because well, they do kind of nod to that too, though, in the scene, like with the husband saying yeah. to her. The husband points out to her other ways you could interpret conspiracies into what's happening that make no sense, like to kind of disprove like what she's going through. I, again, in defense 
of the logic of this film, which is just the role I'm playing tonight. She sends him the pictures because he's like the visual designer of their little agency thing. And she's like, hey, I sent you those pictures. Like, why don't you basically like screw around with them? Because she's the one who comes up with the Leviathan spelling. Like she sends the or no, she has like one of their like underlings at the agency. I kind of love I kind of love how unhinged she gets and just starts saying this shit to anybody that will listen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, he's then just like using whatever fucking, but then, okay. But the, o- but the like other point, the pictures. other point about that though, is that is very deep into the movie. Like this movie oh, yeah, yeah. trades heavy in what is probably my least favorite horror trope, which is a character who figures everything out early in the movie or is at least suspicious and then has to spend like 45 minutes telling other people and not being listened to. I blame this on child's play. I think child's play wrought this scourge on the world and the horror genre. Cause that's a whole movie based around a kid who knows what's going on. So like nobody will listen to him. Well, it's, it's annoying it's, to me. Yeah. It is like plot idling because you're not going anywhere. It's just increasing should happen. And then we see the same conversation play out with the wife and the husband to me, it's just like, again, it's what I mean by this sort of lazy trope over and over in these, this movie. So you spend like 50-ish minutes just waiting for him to believe so he can get to the third act and like see some- Well, and he never it. really believes. Like he basically gets like converted into being part of the like, I don't know, like demonness well, of the that's, house. That's fair, yeah. Um, no, look, like I agree. I don't love it. It was- <sighs> They did this whole thing with, you know, it was this whole thing with the mother and the daughter and their relationship. Like for that whole setup to work, you have to be very invested in the character, which like they don't go out of their way to get you super invested in these characters, which I actually appreciated because they, you know, we talked a bit on email, like this movie starts like you're just like kind of thrown in it's, a bit to the deep it's end. It's real weird though. It's, it's like I found it a little jolting the way it starts. But then what the reality is like, there's a lot of fucking plot. Like there's just a lot of plot. And so to your point, Eric, like when they're solving this thing, it's like already top of act three. Mm -hmm. And so most of the like really quote unquote crazy parts, you know, if this were Hellraiser, that shit would have been figured out at the, you know, end of act one. And then you've got like all the crazy like demon stuff and yada, yada here. It's like all that stuff is confined to the last 20 minutes of the movie. John, does this pass your ghosts posing a corporeal threat test? Or well, the daughter's really gone, right? Like that's that's, the thing is like the daughter's gone. And so again, like it, a lot of this movie hinges on like, do you believe that it's like mm-hmm. Elisha Cuthbert selling the desperate mom thing? Are you buying it? And like, I don't know, like it, it worked enough. I was getting, I was nervous about the son. Like I was getting anxious about like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Something bad's going to happen to this kid. He was very unsupervised for parents who were worried <laughs> that a hell mouth is open in their mouth. <laughs> yes. You're so right. Yes. Every was watching well, that kid. <laughs> but it was like, he could also be possessed at any time. Like he would just stand up and start counting and like walking around. It was unclear what mm-hmm. the triggers were all the time. And look, I guess they'd only been in this house like a week. It wasn't, it wasn't like uh, they had a lot of warning. But yeah, at a certain point, I was like, they should just put a bell on him. 
Like when he stands <laughs> up and starts walking. He's... Or maybe ask him, like, why is the spooky Victrola out? Right? Yeah, like yeah. Nobody's like noticing that. The... I was into the spooky Victrola, actually, in the yeah, kind I of deadpan cool. counting mm-hmm. yeah. from the professor with the little scratchy record that I was into. Yeah, yeah. But the, the parents aren't like, what happened right before your sister disappeared? <laughs> yeah, they don't ask they did, they're just questions. like, go to your room and let's not think about you. <laughs> Just yeah. to hit on the, because it's it comes back with the Victrola, the formula. So basically, like when they turn on that that record, he like read. You hear the weird voice read the formula, and I think he's pronouncing that string of characters, and then just starts like counting. Which I'm not like, what is he? What is the counting to the formula? That's what makes not that much sense to me. The other thing, and this is like a very minor like math rant, I guess, but like. The formula has a one and then an N in it. Like the N is a variable, but the oh. number one is just in front of it. John. You would never do that, John, because the one <laughs> doesn't do anything in that context. Like you're, what's? It's just ridiculous. Oh, you're right. That's true. Yeah. You're right. That's why <laughs> I couldn't get over that. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "This is dumb." Yes, like, John. That's what ruined this movie for me too. <laughs> just like <laughs> like the math equation. Literally, <laughs> show the equation to anyone who's like seen a math problem. Like I understand the filmmaker. Probably has not done math in a while. It's easy enough like, to find a math maybe, yes, person, John. Maybe that's what's going to make that mathematician lose his intelligence again. Or he's just lying and he's not smart. Yeah. Yes. Well, we know hit. he's smart because he has an old globe in his <laughs> office. Right. Is... The uh, You mentioned the Victrola, John. That's, you know, that's an effective thing. It was very like Evil Dead. That was the other reference I was sort of feeling a lot. Yeah. All I could think was you get, they got that big giant uh, like steel needle digging into that thing. It's not going to last very long, John. That's, that's bad. I didn't understand. Vinyl. They never, it, like every time it started, it played at the same point, but you never saw it like move. I don't know. I don't a hundred percent understand how those things worked versus like a, you know, more modern record De- player, but demon house, John. Well, they, start, they played at 78, right? At 78 speed. Are they used to, the so they ones? would, they would go fast around, but like the they, they never like like the needle just like always hit the exact same spot. But it wasn't like the beginning of the record. It was just like dead middle when it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they were too worried about those kind of details. I mean, the plot and narrative in this is so rudimentary. It feels like they were like, let's just put all these symbols out there, and people will think it's creepy. We don't actually yeah. have to tie anything together. You know. You ever watched a horror movie on weed, man? <laughs> <laughs> I might go back and watch this. <laughs> and, I don't know. Oh, like, dude. I like Alicia Cuthbert and other things she's done, but I felt she was pretty just okay in this. There are a lot of scenes where you're supposed to be scared because she looks scared, even though nothing's really happening other than maybe some like breath in her face, (laughs) you know, or a light flickering or something. And that is enough to do it for me sometimes where you just see that look of utter terror in somebody's face. I did not buy it on her. What did you think, Ariel? The scare was lost. What did you think of Elisha Cuthbert, um, social media genius? Um, (laughs) that was kind of cheesy. And then, you know, they're doing this whole campaign, this like natural selection campaign. And it's all about like fake people pretending to be influencers. It's like overly complicated. And then they pull in the fact that the daughter has been bullied on social media. And you see, as the mom's realizing this, like, oh, my work, what I'm doing is maybe (laughs) contributing to this like toxic environment that's ruining my daughter. But 
but then they do nothing with it and nobody ever says anything about it. We just move on. She like needed, nothing happened. Cause she needed her daughter to be bullied to understand that. I also liked how, on, <laughs> I also liked how on the nose it is when the guy she's working with is like, uh, uh-huh, these stupid idiot, normal people. Like he goes on this whole <laughs> yeah. rant about how yes. dumb. I think people that was are. the client. I think that was the client. They were yeah, trying who, to I, I yeah. <laughs> pretty, check, pretty checked out. <laughs> so that. that's why they were like, yes, they are yeah. dumb. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. And then can we talk about the daughter's like anarchism books? Please. Because we <laughs> because <laughs> we have to understand she's rebelling, right? Because she's right. not enough of a total jerk in the first five minutes of the movie. Like, <laughs> I love she that. had a tattoo too, which Right. Yeah, she's got the tattoo. She's a bad girl. Yeah. Going to hell at that point. That was a real yeah. rebelling against my parents kind of tattoo. Yes. That's so what true. about what about the books, Matilda? <laughs> were they real? They were real books. Those I think like, they were. It was just hilariously on the nose for mm-hmm. me. Like her. Yeah. It's all very on the nose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I want to know, like, where were they? Mo- like, who moves to this house? Like, these were like advertising executive people who worked in yeah. like office jobs. Right. Wouldn't they be in the this- city? Why would you move to the countryside John's into this like, old mansion? Yeah. That makes like, no sense. Why would you move out of Manhattan to go to that place? Well, it's more. I don't know. It's just like I, I couldn't understand like who the characters were and they were just like they were like we're moving here for the kids like they need more space i guess but, but then the it's like they're never around you're doing it for you right you're yeah, doing yeah. it for your career but like i don't know what career is out there for an <laughs> right yes <laughs> exactly yes yeah, yeah they what just was didn't the name of the firm the, f- the name of the firm was also very cringy and i can't remember what it is right oh now. darn no i can't either no i don't know yeah it was like rock <laughs> and roll doubt. it was like a something and something <laughs> i can't remember what it was, <laughs> it was <like> rock <laughs> and roll <laughs> <laughs> it's hip yeah i don't know for me the one thing that worked is that first scene with the counting you know where the daughter is going down the steps and they get to 10 and she just keeps going like that's kind of tense where the mom's just on the phone worried about you know what's happening to her daughter but then they use that counting so many times that i feel like it lost all of its scare where in the short film because it ended with that you're left with oh my gosh what does that mean you know Mm -hmm. how did they set in the short do they how do they set up that there are 10 stairs like i realize it's called the 10 steps but like so the daughter has they say has had a panic attack before in the cellar and so the dad at this dinner with their clients cuz they also have clients that they're courting um is walking her through it and he's kind of like you only have to get down 10 steps and then he has her count Gotcha yeah. yeah it's basically the exact same thing i mean even the little brother who scares her with the um the cow skull thing happens in the short. So it, it's really just sort of copy and pasted. And then he added a bunch of stuff after it for the rest of the movie, which is maybe why it doesn't totally hang together. Is it the same? Know? Is it this totally different cast? I assume. Yeah. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a short movie kind of. Well, it's, it's, 13 years before or even more. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're using like old Nokia phones in the short. So I, I do like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's like, on YouTube for free if anybody's like interested. Better it sounds like the short might actually be a little better. Yeah. Because it kind of fits <laughs> well, it's ahead. Right, you know exactly. I mean? like, yeah. It doesn't overstay yeah. its welcome. It's yeah. also, yeah, it, it doesn't last as long. So. I mean, yeah. If, you, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're just looking for, uh, if you're just looking for old cell phone action, John, I highly recommend a little show called Better Call Saul. Some good cell phone action on that show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a prequel. Yeah. 
I have nothing else to say about this movie. Anybody else? And any, you got anything? We'll do it. Do it. Let's talk down our ending quickly. Yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It surprised me for a movie. So kind of by the numbers that they did that, I guess. Yeah. I thought they were going to get a happily ever after kind of ending. So I was a little bit surprised when it did the opposite of that. And that it's not like just the dad gets stuck or something, which would also be kind of sad. But the fact that the whole family, including the kids is stuck there mm-hmm. forever is like, Whoa. Okay. It's not great. No, <laughs> I, but it- <laughs> I liked, I did. I liked it. Like, yeah, I wasn't sure how the hell they were going to end it, you know? And if mm-hmm. it had been a happy ending, I probably would have hated it. Like I maybe not hate, but I would have been like, oh fuck this movie. Like Right, right. The fact yeah, I feel like it redeems least, it a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me at least. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Good on you. Good effort. Yeah, I really um, dislike the trope. I think I talked about this in email. I really dislike the trope of kind of like a woman finding her maternal instinct as like re- redemption. Yeah. In horror, like it's used her, a lot. Like oh, her yeah, maternal mom. instinct got her and her whole family killed. Yeah. Her, that's true. Hell yeah. trapped or whatever. She should have been back at cold and careerist. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> everybody would have, would have been better off. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We're better off without that crazy teenager. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, live and learn. Well, don't live and learn, I guess. But yeah, but you're right that the downer ending is good because in the kind of paint by numbers genre movie this should have been the two of them embracing at the end and like some mm-hmm. denouement with the daughter right which it doesn't have mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a, it's a nice little twist a little bit i mean when she opens the doors like it, it still doesn't have a creative look to it you know but i will give them the fact that they did a downer ending and i appreciate that i find downer endings are more realistic john I know you do, guy. Things, <laughs> things never things never end happily, John. That's not how endings work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, would you recommend this movie, Ariel? Uh, I think unless you're 11 years old, probably not. <laughs> John. I'll go no as well. Where's this on your top 10 list this year, John? Oh. It sounded real high on it. We haven't seen that many, people, many movies, so... <laughs> All right, Matilda, take us out. What do you think? Yeah, I have to say no, unless you are, like Ariel said, like a starter horror, I mm-hmm. think is a is a good, if you, if somebody needs to be scared, but not too scared. These are the kind of movies, like when people ask us starter horror, what's a good, I would never, I'm not going to remember this movie tomorrow, so I'm going to forget to That's say true. it. So remember yeah. that we're saying it now mm-hmm. for next time. That's what I would say. But otherwise, no, don't watch this. All right, everyone. It is time. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. The mystery continues. Psycho 2. Rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. Hi, this is Daniel Roebuck from everything you've ever seen on television, and you're listening to Bloody Good Heart.
info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. And we're back. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com is the email address. John, we sent out our first tease for the Patreon exclusive t-shirt that we're going to be releasing very soon. Did you see the t-shirt? Can't wait. Yeah, I, I did see it. I it did. is neon. It's got, it has some horror uh, character references in it. It's a lot of fun. It's done by uh, John over at Slime and Grime. John, just a little mom and pop Great name. Uh, horror artwork shop over there mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. Also, not a flyover state. It's worth I don't you know. It's worth seeing. Um, Soon, Casey misses one show, and it's. Just, I was gonna say <laughs> no punches pulled. <laughs> I just happens? never get to say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we're keep an eye out for that soon uh, in your Patreon inbox, and check it out if you haven't seen it already. Eric, can I quickly mention, I think the BGH feed, the podcast feed, is fully operational. Yeah, you messaged today that like three episodes came through at once. Yeah, I mean, I use, so we figured out the Apple thing, which was, let's call it like 50-50 user error and, you know, other issues. Oh, there was Um, a thing. Sorry? There was an actual thing that we had to do? Yeah, there was, there was some, there was some things that had to get John. you know i had to knock around on it a little longer wow. um but then what happens is and maybe i talked about this before some of the other players just piggyback on apples right um, so there were some like downcast i think was one that wasn't getting well it. overcast is the one i use but um and like in anchor in the like help section it's like oh well, to get your podcast on overcast get it onto apple and then it'll just show up eventually but it took like another week or two to get an overcast, but it did show up. We had gotten a message from someone that was using podcast Republic or so I can't remember. It was one of the other players. And, um, I'm hoping it was the same thing that like, it'll- what I love now is that all those Apple users will go back those three episodes they missed. And in the first one here is be like, we're so excited to be on anchor and everything worked and it was great. Yeah. It's and then it times. didn't, <laughs> but yeah, we're back. So there you go. Get excited. Uh, what else we got going on? See, look, we mentioned earlier. Oh, uh, John, it's been one year. Plug it up. Plug it up. One year anniversary. anniversary. I think it was yesterday based on what I saw. Hmm. So that's exciting. BGH presents. That's of course with BGH's very own Caitlin, who will hopefully be back here coming up in May. Um, Matilda and Ariel, where can people find you two when you're not here? <laughs> yeah um so besides, we're part of the zombie girls network so they can find the us on PNW. zombiegirls.com g-r-r-l-z i remember this time nice. <laughs> and you can find us anywhere that you find your podcast and then on twitter and instagram uh, matilda and i spend a lot of time on there and that is zg podcasts plural on both of those love it very very nice um yeah thank you to both of you and all the zombie girls who have helped us out oh thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us um try to find out where the ask bgh is start john schnars you got anything to plug how's new york city going over there 
It's pretty good. Is the COVID coming back yet? You know. I mean, I think it's kind of gone back away. I think the numbers are going back down again, but mm. it was, I don't know. People are still wearing masks around a lot. So. I'm going to be uh, flying in June. I'm not looking forward to uh, being on a plane with no masks because before COVID, I got sick every time I flew because why wouldn't uh, you yeah, get sick? Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the only times I've ever been sick and like flown and not gotten sick were in the pandemic, ironically, because everyone had masks on. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple of uh, prom spreader events. Oh no! Super spreaders. Oh, no. oh boy. Yeah, that's a bummer. That will happen. Mm-hmm. Of course, right? STI is not COVID. I took my <laughs> I took my uh, five year old to like a high school play a couple weeks ago, and I I was like having half a panic attack the whole time. Like just being in a room immobile with that many people for that long, I was like, no, thank you highly unpleasant yeah um all right we are on twitter with the hashtag ask bgh casey was on it this week got some tweets out so we got a few things here um this is from our buddy Infowarf. um oh by the way i don't know if you guys saw but now, now they're saying that elon musk is not gonna buy twitter i saw that yeah <laughs> hilarious like, he might back out i don't know yeah. I, I the story came out today that he might have to back out yeah because of what's happening with tesla stock basically well the tesla stock is getting yeah annihilated yeah because maybe it was a dumb and rash move on his part john and no no, no. he never you no you stop <laughs> i will never not things like that yeah <laughs> he would he would never um but man it's he's not even like Let's say he did. He was going to take it over. He's not even running it yet, and he's made it unusable this week. Like literally, it's all just people losing their shit about him buying it. It yeah. is. Yeah. It's unusable. Matilda, you have a blissfully unaware look on your face right now, which I'm jealous of. I mean, I follow it a little bit, but I don't use Twitter so much, that great. and so. What yeah, do you do? We have a, a, a thing that we use. We use like Hootsuite, so you don't even have to go on Twitter to like interact with let people me ask on a, Twitter. Let me ask a question. Yeah. I'm going to pose this to both Matilda and John here. What do you do when you're like really bored and you just, you're just desperate for like any kind of dopamine and you're going to like, you need something to anesthetize yourself with? Like, what do, what do you do? And if you guys don't experience that, that answers my question. And I'm no, I do. On, do you mean on the internet, or do you mean in life? Anything. Or? Like if you're just like, oh my god, I need a distraction right now. What am I going to do? What am I going to put in front of my face? But like, how long do you need a distraction for? Sometimes the answer for me, like no, I think the thing that I'm they're doing short that bursts people, of time for me, but it's a lot throughout I, the day. I feel like I, I I'll do. I love uh, Spelling Bee, the game on the New York Times mm-hmm. uh, that like. You know, the, so it's basically it's like Wordle where it's like a puzzle a day and I play it in like five minute bursts throughout the day. Yeah. Some days I don't play it at all. But like when I have that downtime, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm getting to the point. Go ahead, Matilda. Time. What do you what do you do? I'm going to give you an embarrassing old lady answer. <laughs> um, I end up on Ravelry looking at knitting patterns. I oh. love that. I love that. Nice. Yeah. I do. I look at sports stuff too. Like I read the news. Like you know, I'll do but, similar things to that, Matilda. But that will sometimes end in me buying things I don't need to make me feel better, and I don't like. That. I don't <laughs> love that either. Yeah. Um, the game thing is interesting, John. Yeah, I'm starting to have the experience with Twitter that I have that eventually led me to deleting my Facebook, which is that I I just realized one day every time I logged on, it made me feel bad. 
Like, yeah, consistently every single time I had a negative emotional reaction to the first, almost the first thing I saw. And Twitter was not like that, which is why I've stayed with it. But it's starting to feel like that, dude. Like, I, I don't understand how people don't have that experience. Like, it, and yeah. I think a lot of people on Twitter who say they love it, like have deluded themselves. And you're also talking they, like, to a person who <laughs> you're also talking to a person who maxed out his blocked words list to try to do you remember that I tried to like, yeah, filter out all the stuff I didn't, I didn't want to see. Oh yeah, I hit the limit. Can't so it ruined my whole plan because for in order for that to work, I need to be able to update it weekly with whatever the news cycle is to just keep that crap like out of my feed. Yeah, but you got to go back through yeah. some of the old ones and be like, ah, you know, it turns out I can turn like you'd be know, surprised, whatever, however, a wall however back on. They are, John. It's very. I feel. Like I think it, the only thing I use Twitter for is like very very local things like. What is going on in my neighborhood that there are five helicopters or like it can be used during when there are a lot of protests, like where is the movement of this and where are the police kind of when an internet, I'll use it like when an internet connected thing is not working the way it should be. I'll go to Twitter and be like, is this thing down and just see if people are complaining. You can use Google for that. Like you can just Google like, you know, what's going on and because Google will search Twitter and it'll show you if there's like tweets about it. So spoken like somebody who worked at Google. I mean, it was a long time ago now, but yeah, I'll never, so. I'll never forget, John. You made it. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember, it's like in my <laughs> brain. <but laughs> this is you can also use Bing, presumably, if you wanted yeah. to do the same thing. It just what, would be shittier. Results. What about what? So, what do you? you uh, you're on the Twitter, Ariel. I feel like I see you on there sometimes. Yeah, I'm, I mean, not really for like a personal account, but just for the zombie girls, I'm on there a lot. But I actually find that not too bad because the list of people we follow and stuff is so curated to horror stuff that I would say like 95% of it are things that I'm at least somewhat interested in. Yeah, see, I'm also like, I've had a Twitter since it started almost. So who the hell knows who I'm following? Like, it would take forever. <laughs> it would take forever to curate, go back and curate. So mm -hmm. interesting. I feel like we all learned a little bit about each other. See me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um, man, one of my things lately has been there's this website, uh, Knee High Horror that Mondo turned me on to. It's K N E E H I G H. They're based out of Vegas where he is. And it just looks like a little boutique thing, but they make uh, horror pins, like nice die cast pins that are awesome and really like they're the best pin prices. So I'll find myself on there sometimes when I'm trying to just like distract my brain, but then I end up spending money. <laughs> but I have a pin board over here now. So there you go. Um, all right, everyone. That's enough of that. Uh, ask BGH on Twitter. Topic of the moment. Piggyback. This is from InfoWarf. Piggybacking off part of last week's conversation. If Pumpkinhead could bite you and you would become a wear pump, would you be mad about it? I <laughs> might pump. dig it. I love that. Uh, he's pretty tall. It might be interesting to see the world from that point of view. <laughs> I haven't had that experience in my life. Um, other than that, I don't know. Being a pumpkin head seems rather unpleasant, I would say. Yeah, probably. I mean, if you were a wear pump, then if it was just for a single night, you know? It maybe. also breaks the that mythos. Okay. It kind of breaks the mythos because you summon a pumpkin head because of some wrong that's been done to you. And the pumpkin head is like a revenge demon. That's true. Yeah. So that doesn't sound fun. You know? Having wrongs done to you? No. <laughs> Having to right wrongs. No. Um, 
let's see. This is from our friend Rachel. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> What's the supposedly for kids movie that messed you up as a kid? I oh. think we bring up the gate a lot. That movie is terrifying. Is that for kids though? It's PG-13. Oh, PG look, PG no, it, thirteen. You're not supposed to be showing. That's always been kind of. That's always been kind of held up as like a poor movie for kids that I feel like miscalculated the dial a little bit. I I would say the movie has to be like Mar- like Gremlins is a good answer because I Gremlins, do think Gremlins was like sure. kind of marked. I think that uh-huh. Pee Wee's Big Adventure is a life alteringly oh, yeah. messed up movie that kids watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would say also like. Uh, some cartoons and actual kids movies like secret of nim messed me up mm. you know that was scary the rats were really scary in that one uh the dark crystal the, like yeah. skeksis I, really... I brought this up before but i remember mm-hmm. seeing the 70s lord of the rings cartoon somewhere once that oh like, yeah really mm-hmm. messed me up um what is it it's not lord of the rings what is it called no the hobbit the hobbit Right. It's yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I know you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, yeah. Really messed me up, man. With the songs, with the singing. Yeah. For me, it's uh, Ariel's heard me say this, but for me, it's Watcher in the Woods, which is like this old Disney Betty Davis movie with we, the Ice we, Castles girl. We did an episode on it, didn't we? We did. Oh, yeah. It was a. I think yeah, that was yeah. a Joe uh, staff pick. That absolutely Casey. messed me up as a kid. And then I had a slumber party where I was like, "You all have to see this because it really messed me up." And somebody had to call their parents and get brought home <laughs> oh, oh no i was also very unnerved by lamb chop as a kid i don't like mm, um puppets adults puppets, yeah. i love puppets but i don't oh. like adults talking like children lamb chop is oh weird. yeah i was gonna say because you love the muppets so. lamb chop is I, yeah lamb chop is just lamb a Chop's weird free. in general like a weird cultural thing that if you're not old enough you're just like what what oh yeah <laughs> just show up on tv like other shows and like variety shows um this is one that's so weird. It's not a kid's movie, but I always bring it up. I was terrified of the movie Airplane when I was a kid. Like, because I was Ew. not because I was not old enough to understand the jokes, I thought it was scary. Like, I thought it was supposed to be scary. Like, I, I must yeah. have been really young. And in particular, the scene where the pilot turns into Jello or where they're like blow-up dolls, I remember thinking no, that was like the scariest doll, yeah, goddamn yeah. thing I'd ever seen in my life. Um. Who's flying, the, that's a who's flying of, the like, plane, popular John? It, plane crash movies. Like yes, that was, was like airports. Well, there were multiple airport movies. Yeah. That was, like it, mm-hmm. when so. I think of airplane, it still kind of creeps me out when I think about it. Like it's, that, oh my God. I watched that movie fairly recently. Um, I love it. It's wild. I love it so much. So. The dance thing. With the <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. The <laughs> there's just, there's so many jokes in that movie. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But none of them are appropriate anymore. But I, it it makes it all the more yeah <laughs> cherished. <laughs> um, we got another one here from Rachel, Matilda, and Eric. Your team, attic. Ariel and John. Your team, cellar. Debate which is the scariest room and why. Oh, the cellar. I mean, it's cellar. I think obviously. it's cellar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's cellar. It's dank and dark, and attics are just like dusty and spider. Although I, I go attic. Attic is like rat poop land, yeah. and it's I also suppose that's true. All through it. <laughs> Yeah. Which is yeah, yeah. The other thing That's I'll say is point. if you have a house that has one of those creepy ladders that pulls down, that is terrifying. I'm not going. Those are scary. Totally agree. There's no way. When I was growing up, the attic was scarier than the basement. Like our basement, we had a, a proper cell. Like it was underground basement. Um, and it was, uh, we like had a, we had a room 
down there. Like my dad's tools were all down there. So like we were down there all the time. You never went in the attic. And when you did, the lighting sucked. So it was like there were just shadows everywhere. My grandmother, my grandmother's house that already felt kind of haunted had one of those pull down ladder things. And I never went up. I never saw what it looked like up there. It just terrified me. Wow. I never lived anywhere that had a basement or an attic. So wow, I have I have fond basement things or cellar things because my grandparents had a cellar in the mountains. Oh, uh-huh. and I would go there in the summers, and they had before I was born. They had owned a pool hall, so there was a pool table down there, so I could just like entertain oh, myself. Well, that's cool yeah, we had a semi finished basement that had um, like a foosball table in it, so that was kind of cool. But it also had that creepy wall door. So catch twenty two. Yeah. And they had like. <laughs> megawatt light lighting down mm. there like oh, well, that helps. dark <laughs> yeah <laughs> that helps a lot that does mm-hmm. help that's true last up tonight excuse me skylar finally a film that understands the true horror that is mathematics what was your most hated subject in school math yeah i'm gonna one-up it and say chemistry because it's like fancy math Chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Chemistry was tough. Because it was just the um, foundation of chemistry is all the math shit I couldn't even touch from math class. So yeah, once we got past algebra, I was like, I oh, I don't I, care anymore. Yeah, never, this is too I, hard. I never made it that far. <laughs> I liked all the subjects for the most part. Um, of course you did. Well, I, I had very, very poor <laughs> penmanship. I can't mm. remember if I was talking about this on the show recently. Um, and so I like I felt like I was like constantly getting my ass handed to me as a little kid because my handwriting was so bad. But by the time I was in high school, like they kind of gave up. They were kind of like, look, your penmanship sucks. Like we were working a lot on computers at that point. So it didn't really matter. I always excelled at like English and history and those kinds of courses with like very minimal, very minimal effort. But I could give all of my effort and barely scrape by in like math and Science, I liked science until it crossed over with math and then it kind of anything with yeah. math, basically. At a certain point, yeah. it basically is just math. So, yeah, science. I was very relieved in uh, in undergraduate when as a like soft science major, as a psych major, you just have to take statistics. And my teacher taught the ent- I don't know if this person was a gambling addict, but everything was gambling probability. <laughs> like 100% of the class was gambling probability, which was pretty good, actually. It made it very like, yeah, how many times am I going to roll a six? That's amazing. It's very tangible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to teach it. All right, everyone. Did you guys go to Vegas and go like full MIT or whatever and try to... <laughs> <laughs> scam the casino. These were the psych <laughs> majors we were. <laughs> Fair. Uh, we are also on Instagram. Uh, First up from Merle. What's everyone's favorite universal monster? We know Casey's is Frankenstein. I answered this. Oh, that's so hard. I love all of them. I said Frankenstein. Oh, I know what I said. Frankenstein from, but specifically from Monster Squad. Oh, interesting. Which actually isn't even they—they they made it different from the. I was gonna say it's, yeah, it's not universal. I'm not—I'm not into any of that stuff, honestly. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I'm not gonna try. Uh, to, I'm not gonna try to act cool and sophisticated, John. I never. I never it. had like strong attachments to. I had strong like I love Lugosi and Karloff. Like just like, but I'll take either of them kind of doing anything. Um, I'm. I've probably only seen like one. I think I saw. Wolf, the Lon Chaney Wolfman, but like, yeah, I, I know because he he's Invisible Man too, right? Lon Chaney, 
No, no. Who's invisible? Carl Rains. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's behind. It's behind you. If only I could. Oh, read. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a good aerial question. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the Wait. problem is I grew up on these, like watching them over and over and over yeah. again. Um, Cause my dad recorded them off TV, you know, and I'd watch them on VHS. But so I, I love all of them, but I, I mean, the, I would say the most sort of artful is probably Frankenstein, but I love Wolfman so much and invisible man's probably my favorite movie. I just have like very fond memories of it. So all of them, can I say that? <laughs> love it. Uh, what is a goal you have achieved long-term or something you're proud of? That's a very real question. We're not used to those on this show. Yeah, yeah really. that's a serious that's one. I taught myself how to make music when I was like 37. That's amazing. That was. And for- I have reaped the benefit because everybody's <laughs> talking about our new, <laughs> our new theme song for more deadly. People are loving I love it. it. Yeah. That, that was fun. That's a fun project. This is not long-term, but uh, in the pandemic, my dance group has had to go to Zoom for a long time. And so we can't do these like big long-term passes. Like we were usually a jazz-based group and we did that. And so we've been trying to learn how to, I've been trying to learn how to tap dance, Hmm. which is like the bar of entry is like the learning curve is terrible. And I still feel a little bit, it sounds like a dresser being dragged across the floor, but <laughs> I'm starting to actually hear some things when oh, I do it. And it. Yeah. And it took like a year and a half, but I love that. Now does anybody live, yeah. does anybody live below you? No. <laughs> okay. That's probably good. <laughs> that's very <laughs> lucky. In the Bay area. No, I and I got know. one of those, like they make like yoga mat type things that are rollout oh, tap okay. boards that you can. Oh, okay. I didn't realize yeah. that. Fun yeah, the poor neighbors right here, but yeah, nobody lives below me. Fun fact. I took tap and jazz when I was a kid. I still have not forgiven my mother for it, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't find it empowering to like stomp around in those shoes? I found nothing about that empowering. No. <laughs> Somewhere there's swing lessons in high school and like swing was really popular. I think we're like, I cannot dance. I'm it's impossible to teach me. I've had so many people try to teach me how to dance and it's just like right over my head. I can't get it. That's (laughs) that swing thing was, was big when we were, when we were in high school, that swing thing just like came on Mm -hmm. at a moment. It definitely had a moment. Um, this is an interesting question. I'm not even sure I understand what it means, but here it is. What's the most important horror franchise? Important. Hi, yeah, yeah. That's a interesting. I mean, I, word. like important to the genre or important to me. I don't know, Ariel. Or you, like, yeah, like culturally important. Like, <laughs> right, right. It's very, yeah. It's, that's a toughie. Um, I feel like ninety percent of modern horror is here because of Halloween. I'm just gonna say it. I like. I also feel like yeah. franchise is like. A tough thing there like yeah i mean halloween is probably like as good a answer as you're gonna i was almost gonna go with like dracula or something like mm, go away but i wouldn't yeah. well but it's not a franchise right it's like it's a property it's like yeah. what if you were yeah. like what piece of ip or something was like most important i don't know um that would probably i don't know or like night of the living dead like that's true night of the living dead changed uh, a lot stuff yeah 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 but so did Halloween. I mean, Halloween really yeah. catapulted the slasher genre. So look, I'm here for Halloween. That's the final. Yeah, answer. that's a hard question. We yeah. have to decide, though. No, I'm kidding. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be only one. 
Next up, what's the weirdest object you ever found in a basement or a cellar? Never found anything the weird weirdest in one. Object. My in-laws, who we lived with during the pandemic, have a very large cellar um, where all of our shit was. Like we stored all of our stuff. Like you know, we were like living in their house. Um, and they, my mother-in-law, is like not like extreme hoarder like she's never going to get to like the horror tv show hoarder because like she's not that level but like she does not like to throw stuff away Mm -hmm. and like there is just so much shit in that basement that's like that was like my grandfather's like whatever like helmet he wore during the war (laughs) like it's like what like okay you know like it's just but and i'm like well are you gonna do anything with it or like she's like no i'm like well you could get rid of it No, no, no 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 you're just like cool so when you pass away and we have to clean this fucking basement out like i just know what i'm up for Mm -hmm. you know so i so my my grandmother's house that had the creepy attic stairs downstairs smelled like the it was like 100 years old like just i i could i remember the smell still it's like that strong she had an old ancient couch from like the 50s or something down there and the behind it there was a dead mouse like laying on its side that had been there. I mean, my whole childhood, it was there until at some point the, <laughs> oh, the basement was like cleaned out. So like it had been there so why long. Why didn't that, you move? Like why didn't I was a child, John, it had been there for so long. It was like a mummified over with like dust and cobwebs and stuff. And like, I assume just, bon- I, I don't even know if it was like what was left of it, but we would just go down there and look at it. Cause it was creepy, but yeah. Like move the couch back. <laughs> It was out Here from the it. wall enough. And then there was a weird, a big creepy like Persian rug hanging from the wall behind the couch that had like a whole scene on it. Dude, it's, you want to talk about a yeah. set of a horror movie. Now, that's what they should have used for hell in this movie because it would have been <laughs> much creepier. You get there and you turn to your brothers like, hey, you want to go check out the mouse? Yeah. John, speaking of what you were saying, like my mom. I'm like the third only kid, like the third generation of only oh, kid. I see, and so I see. all the stuff has it's just like so like, down to you. <laughs> she casually told me the other day, like we have a bear gun downstairs. I don't know what to do with it, which is, you know, like, it's cool. Hey, tremors. She was like a, from the Northern California mountains. So it's what you, it is. It will stop a bear. That's I amazing. Don't know. <laughs> I assume if not, I don't know then, if you yeah, pack cool. it like, like a musket. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> Listen, if, it won't, if it won't <laughs> stop, a, if it won't stop a bear, then I have a bone to pick with that company that made that thing. Calling yeah. it a bear gun. <laughs> My parents have actually gone the opposite way where my mom finally, we have all been so vocal in the fact that like, we just don't want your stuff. Like, so yeah. now my mom's thing is she'll just go to my dad and be like, you need to go through this. Cause otherwise we're going to die and they don't want it. And then they're going to have to throw it out. Cause like they've also had okay. to help other people like in their age group, clear out their parents stuff. Like oh, wow. my dad helped a friend of his clear out his, mom's house after she died and they had to get like three dumpsters to like throw all this crap at like hardcore like, yeah. nobody wants that my stuff, dad's dude. going through that right now my both my parents it's mostly my dad though are just like it literally he's like yeah you got some high school stuff down the basement like you can come get it or we're lighting it on fire basically yeah <laughs> just like, okay like you saved that i didn't save it like what are you doing so 
it's amazing the stuff I did save from my childhood that was up in my parents' attic. I never, who cares? But the shit that I threw out, it's like, yeah, heartbreaking, John. All my tapes. I wish I still had them. Um, controversial question. I'm afraid to answer. If you've been mm. on Twitter lately, you know why. Team Johnny Depp or Team Amber Heard? Oh. I mean, come on. Dude, this is no, no. We we're not going to touch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you I agree I, with that yeah. sentiment? <laughs> I haven't been following this at all. Oh man, you're Matilda. I mean, you're the person as a uh, uh, mental health professional whose opinion I really want on this case. Um, <laughs> he, so all right. So like you I've listen. Heard a people, hold on, hold on. About it. people have to I've go heard. to Patreon.com/slash Bloody Good Horror so you can watch a live stream of one of these shows Matilda's on. And just watch her facial expressions for the whole show because <laughs> she keeps me entertained every time she's on. I mean, I will say, I'm this is why I'm not a psychoanalyst, right? Where you like, I went to school kind of as a psychoanalyst, and they were like, you got to keep your face together. And I was like, well, that's not the theory. <laughs> yeah, for don't me. play poker. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, no, I've like read a little bit about this. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about any who's wrong, who's right. There's no way Johnny Depp is winning. He's going to lose it at trial. Like he is. Oh, I don't know. Legally. That's not the impression I'm getting from what's happening at that trial. No, a lot of stuff is coming out that's not looking great for Amber Heard. Oh, really? He's suing the, her yeah. for defamation. I, I, yeah, well, I was also just reading that her lawyers are seeming kind of incompetent in some of the trial. Uh, so, regardless of who has the evidence, it might not go her way just because her lawyers aren't great. I don't know. The thing that I so saw like, that happened. I yesterday, only read like a lot of the pre-coverage. I have not been following the like. TikTok of the actual trial itself and interesting. It's, it's wild. I, I Maybe I should sign up for Twitter. Man, it's <laughs> the problem is that they all have stands, John, you know, so you got to be careful, you know, all these people coming. Johnny Depp hasn't done anything relevant in like 10 years. John, just get on Twitter. Trust me. Just, <laughs> just get on Twitter. Um, I can't, it's, it's exhausting explaining this stuff to you every week, John, I gotta say. No, no, like <laughs> I, look, I understand. <laughs> do, 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 like, there's a reason I don't go on Twitter. Like, <laughs> you guys should just have a whole podcast where it's just Eric explaining internet it's, shit to Shinars. <laughs> that it's called bloody good horror is what it is. <laughs> um, did, did people just give up giving movies creative titles? It's from Robel. I mean, this one is not great as, as much as i hate the scary of 61st i will remember it probably that's true yeah i'm just really sick of like these legacy sequels naming themselves the same thing as the original that makes me angry i hate it that should make i i can't remember if we talked about it on the show or uh if i just like texted it or sent it but there's like this the new scream movie on the poster it says something to the effect of like this is a new movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it says new it's movie. It's so yeah. stupid. And now when you want to <laughs> yeah. search for them, you have to put like the year they came out basically yeah. so you can differentiate between them. Scream, it's so obnoxious. Scream, the new, Scream, 5. Scream the new movie is 100%. It sounds like something from Spaceballs. When Mel Brooks as, as yogurt is like showing all the merchandise. <laughs> yeah, it's like Spaceballs, the movie. <laughs> Love it. Last one. It's not a question. It's from Brian. He likes to um, harass me with these things. Does the cellar match the drapes? No, because the cellar's blue. 
and the rest of the movie's not blue. So that's how you know when you're in hell. Because it's blue. <laughs> was so there the was that stuff on the wall, the black light stuff on the wall also. Oh, right. The faces. Oh, that was like so not scary. It was so, like, that was supposed to be this huge scare so in the movie. Weird. And I'm just like, okay. And then he's like, yeah, this, he, he makes up some kind of explanation of how it's really old of, of how I guess they had black light paint like a long time ago or something. Well, it's, it was, no, it was some like kind of organic matter, he says. I know. It's Look, just... like, I completely forgot about that scene. That scene is like disconnected from the entire it's rest of It's one of the biggest, like, sca- like turns in the movie almost. Like, because yeah. it's a why. I feel like it's the first big thing that happens after the daughter disappears, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah she she sends the cops down, there, down in there, right? And, mm-hmm. The guy goes in with like a hazmat suit or something to investigate. What I don't think is fair is that Casey picked this movie and then wasn't here to <laughs> review it. I'm just going to put that out there. And he he keeps, he wants to do The Intruder, which is like a, a real cheap 80s slasher. We should have just done that, Joe. Oh, yeah. I know I fought him over in the past, but I see no reason. <laughs> now no, you're just like, yeah, I'm good enough. John, you know what yeah. is happening on Friday? Joe Bob, What's that? Joe Bob is back. Oh. Season four, The Last Drive. I'm happy for you. You should be, because I'm pretty happy. Has he announced the movie? Do you know what the movie is? They don't, and they announce it. You just find out. It's like old It's like, like old times, John. Wow. You just you find out when it comes just... on, yeah. And they, they'll put out little teasers on Twitter.com uh, about what the movie is. But yeah, you don't find out until you watch it. I used to just sit, I remember I would sit and watch, turn to channel 19, which was a TV guy channel and wait. This was like my curse. I'd wait for it to go around. But once it got past your channel, like your top. So like at the time in the late nineties, you had like 60 channels, maybe I think if you, if you had expanded cable, but once it got past that, if you missed like TNT, right, it was TNT. And then you got, you'd have to sit there and wait. But once it got past 60, which is what you had, there was also other bullshit, pay-per-view, whatever. I have the attention span of a gnat, John. So I would just sit there and be like, just just wait. Just wait. It's going to come back around. And they'd be like, I'm just going to flip for like five seconds. And every time I would flip back and it would be like two seconds past where I where I needed. what I would have <laughs> lost chicken with yes. this. <laughs> so that was like if I was, because what I would check because they never had Joe Bob on like consistently. Sometimes it was other crap. It was like up all night or the stupid one where they made food. There were just like different versions of these like movie host shows that were on. So anyway, that's my story. TV guy channel. Always a delight. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing next week. Nothing new. I was just looking at the new releases. Uh, there is this Firestarter remake reboot coming. Yeah. John Carpenter is doing the score to that. Is he? It's Blumhouse, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm like mildly interested. If John is it Carpenter's coming out in theaters this weekend? Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, it's in like two. It might be more than that. It might even be like three weeks from now. Depending on the time, and then, I might be able to do that. Um, I got a long trailer. Uh, so I saw The Northman. I don't know. If we can very quickly but i got a long trailer for men which i was kind of talking shit about when i saw the short version of the trailer i thought the long version was pretty good look it looks scary af like it's not it's like a straight horror movie not any fooling around nonsense love it 
Well, we don't know what we're doing, um, so stay tuned to social media. And you can also uh, check out Ariel and Matilda at The Zombie Girls, G-R-R-L-Z, in your podcatcher of choice and all the internets. So there you go. It's going to do it for our review of The Seller. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.